welcome to another episode of the Rental Journal Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the equipment rental industry. I'm your host, Mark Simonson, and today our guest is Federica Garguli, or commonly known as Freddie. Freddie is regarded as one of the top recruitment specialists in the equipment rental industry and is currently the principal consultant at Lead Group. Now, a lot of businesses go through struggles when it comes to recruitment, and I thought this was a perfect opportunity to get someone on to share their journey in the industry and also provide some insights around recruitment as well. So, Freddie, to kick things off, can you talk about how you got into the equipment rental industry? Sure, Mark. So I got into the rental industry with my first job with uh, a global recruitment agency. So I started off as a resourcer. Um, A resourcer is the person that works under a recruitment consultant just to give them suitable candidates and doing the heavy lifting, the the heavy screening, so so to say. So I started off my career working with a seasoned recruiter. Um, His name is Guy Stewart. He is the one that pretty much taught me all things higher. So he's a really good recruiter and he actually saw in the, in the rental industry a really good uh, good market, good industry to seek his teeth into. I remember at the beginning, I was really scared to call people. My first phone calls, I was actually stuttering. I, so I, I thought, why would these people want to talk to me? I mean, I'm a girl, I'm Italian, I've got an accent. Like they simply will not give me the time of the day. Like, there's no way. A guy was actually the one that pushed me and told me, just try it anyway. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They just, you know, hang up on you or just say no. I mean, there's no, they're probably not going to be the right fit. So you'll find somebody else that will. And so I think that for him preempting that worst case scenario actually helped me getting through the first few calls. Um, I remember my first meeting with a scaffolding and access company in Sydney. I was absolutely petrified. Um, but, you know, looking back, I have to admit, you know, my, my idea of the industry was wrong. I, I met some of the most genuine and most down to earth people in hire, no matter how up in the food chain they were. Yeah, I think that's a very common misconception for a lot of new people that join the industry. So look, I don't know many recruiters that specialize in the hire and rental industry. And I think it's great that that you've sort of built up that reputation of being that go-to person. So how do you think that sort of came about? I think um, what's what's really important and uh, what helped me a lot is a tenure in the market. So I started off in hire and I started off speaking with a lot of candidates and that was back a few years ago and I sticked around. Um, so it's been effectively five years that I'm speaking with the same people and sometimes you approach somebody as a candidate and then two years, three years down the line, they are sales managers or they are decision makers. And so obviously I think tenure in the market is really, really important. And that played a big, big aspect for, for, for my growth, I think, in this industry. Well, really, if you're recruiting for roles and those people become successful, like they become your references, basically, and then it sort of spreads from there. And I think that's where you've had a lot of great success. So maybe if we just take a step back and just talk about maybe some of the roles that you've had previously and, and where you work today and how you got there. So, look, I started off, like I said, in uh, just uh, headhunting candidates and doing reference checks on, on behalf of a more experienced uh, person. So I didn't really have my client base myself. Over time, I think I got incrementally better at what I was doing and started having, starting to see gaps in the market and starting connecting dots. And then I was promoted to recruitment consultant. So I was in charge of finding my own vacancies and then filling, placing candidates against those vacancies myself. 
Um, after a period of time, I got promoted again into senior recruiter, uh, and I joined Lead Group uh, a year, a year and a half ago as a as a principal consultant. So essentially, I'm still a recruiter, but I just have a, a bigger title. That's that's about it. And so, what's the breadth of the services that Lead Group provide to the hiring rental industry? So Lead Group is a small uh, boutique agency. We concentrate on the construction space um, and industrial space. So I'm working alongside a really experienced consultant. Um, They are looking after, you know, the more civil infrastructure like project managers, contract administrators and and the likings of. As for myself, I recruit for the rental industry and also for equipment rental suppliers like OEMs, manufacturers. So the good thing of working for a small boutique, I think is the fact that we do things slightly differently. Um, We do service our clients nationally and I think that is a it's it's a pretty good advantage because companies can have effectively one point of contact, so they don't have to deal with multiple recruiters depending on depending on state or depending on job titles, and obviously having different level of of service. But also for the recruiter and for myself, it really gives me the opportunity to understand the business inside out, have a broader understanding of the goals of the company is achieving uh, from a recruitment perspective, um, to get a feel for different personalities, knowing if uh, Mark from operations is gonna go, you know, along with uh, Brian in in the branch and and so forth. So it really helps me understanding the team dynamic and uh, it's also more interesting from my perspective because I just don't do sales roles anymore. I can, I'm more involved into the operational side of things or into a branch man, a branch level as well, like recruiting. One day I can do higher controllers, account managers, branch managers, BDMs, you know, and, and, and so forth. So it keeps it keeps it interesting for sure. That's great to hear. The hiring rental industry has always had a challenge when it's come to recruiting, whether someone's looking for a mechanic or whether they're looking for a BDM on the road. Uh, or whether they're looking for someone in, in the branch, like you mentioned. So like, what advice would you give to maybe a, a equipment rental business that is looking to start managing their recruiting better? So being honest, the, the advice that I would give is to not wait uh, until they've got an urgent need to, to engage with a recruiter. So the rental industry is really fragmented and a lot like vast majority of the companies that I'm that I'm speaking with, they don't have a proper HR function or internal recruitment fu- function. So um, but most of the times the hiring managers, sales managers, ops managers, they're trying to do their own recruitment, but they're just too busy to look after recruitment themselves, which is fair. Like that's what I do every day, all day. And sometimes it takes me a considerable amount of time to, to find you know right people every time. Um, so my advice will be Find a recruiter, obviously I'm not saying me, uh, but I'm saying find a recruiter that works in that industry that understands the industry, understands who the key players are, get them out, show them the yards, tell them what you look for, get them have a feel for the company, for type of machines, for, for, for what it's important for the company. Um, recruiters can be used as the eyes and ears of, of companies in the industries and, and sometimes the right person is looking, but they're not looking when you want them. 
and in a tight market like this, um, companies they need to jump when when the right person is when the time is right when the right person is looking. They I do have access to passive candidates, and uh, that's because I keep in touch with them. I know what makes them tick. I know when somebody is made to, is ready to make a move, and I typically flag them to to appropriate businesses. But in short, um, the advice would be be a little bit more strategic. Like recruitment is not as easy as it seems. Sometimes it's not just as straightforward as putting a seek advertisement out. Um, and, and partnering with the right recruiters really can save companies money, uh, a lot of time, and, and ultimately it will give them better, better quality people, better quality candidates to pick from. Yeah, that's some great insight for people that are trying to manage their recruitment a bit better. Now, you obviously learned a lot of this from other people as well. So who do you think played a big influence on your career in terms of your learnings and your improvement? So I think a big influence in, in my career was my boss and also became my, my friend, Adrian, Adrian Byra. We worked together at, uh, back at Brunstad and I followed him when... Uh, when he opened up Lead Group. So um, he is a phenomenal sales professional. He's someone that truly understands um, human psychology, somebody I can always rely um, on when, when I need something. Uh, it can be helping with a deal or negotiation. It can be seeing things from a different angle or perspective. He, he is a true mentor. Um, they say to, you know, don't choose a company, but choose a boss. And I think, yeah, I think I nailed that one. When it comes to rental, there's 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 been a couple of um, couple of people that they have influenced my, my career uh, and they played an important an important role in that. However, being a recruiter sometimes is a little bit tricky. Um, the people they don't necessarily are comfortable in me dropping you know name names or dropping names just because they don't want colleagues or bosses knowing that they're talking to me. But um, I, I had a few few people that have been really really influential in my career, um, really meaningful meetings where I really got an understanding of how uh, the struggle from branch and sales and operations and and the you know what really the struggle that the rental businesses are, are are facing now even in terms of pricing in terms of making sure that branch network is working harmonically so yeah there's been a, I had a few few people like that yeah and i think it, it really goes both ways like like you said that you're getting mentored i guess from your candidates but i think you're also mentoring them as well Maybe if you don't even realize it, but you're, you're providing them career advice. You're providing them some insights what's happening to the market. You're really letting them know um, maybe what the next stage of their career might look like if they're working for another company. So I think, I think it does go both ways as well. That's right. It, it works both ways. It is actually really, really flattering when when you see like personalities of that caliber coming in and asking for career advice. I'm not saying, you know, career advice of what should I do next, but also uh, marketing sites, knowing who is hiring, who, what company can give them progression, you know, what, what, what I'm seeing in the market. And that's where you can add value to to clients and candidates alike uh, when you actually know um, what other businesses are doing and why a business is better than another. What you know, what trends are you using in the industry? That's where you're adding real value. Definitely. And so, you would have seen the industry change. Like, how how do you think that the hiring rental industry has changed over the last few years? 
So, um, look, having been in rental for the last five years, I can say that I am seeing a shift from the traditional we need a bloke type of approach. Uh, in saying that, like the construction market is obviously heavily male dominated, and, and that is a fact. Honestly, um, I, I do remember a lot of meetings where the hiring manager was telling me female sim simply don't work in this industry. They're not mechanically minded enough or, you know, we've got a team of guys, guys, they like to have their beers after work, you know, that, that, sort, of, um, that, that sort of mentality. Um, and I can say I, I saw a massive change uh, with, with rental businesses looking to, to get more and more into diversity and having more female um, on board. Um, some companies uh, have done really well in this. Um, some others, that, you know, there's still a bit of a bit of a work in progress from that cultural perspective. But look, obviously, I'm a female myself. I'm not trying to say that female are better or, or anything like that. At the end of the day, it's all about who can do the job and can do the job properly. Uh, but from a recruitment perspective and an external perspective as well, I can certainly see uh, improvements when the workplace is more diverse and there are, uh, there are obviously tangible benefits, even in terms of higher employee engagement, uh, better company reputation, uh, reduced employee turnover. Uh, like I'm not saying this myself, it's been statistically proven when, uh, when the workplace is more diverse, um, uh, it's a better place to work and it improves uh, morale, it improves also the, the uh, employee branding. Yeah, I think every customer is trying to push that more and more and the ones that aren't are going to be left behind, really. Now, you would have seen, I guess, some trends as well over your time. Is there anything that sort of pops out to you? Yeah, look, another trend that I'm seeing, and I think um, a lot of companies are doing particularly well with this one, will be uh, getting better at connecting with uh, their customers on, on, on different channels. Um, so rental businesses, they are doing very well uh, these days using LinkedIn and specifically using Instagram. Um, so Instagram is a really good platform and it helps building company brand. Um, I have to say that has been like there's a few smaller players that they're really doing well with this, having coming up with uh, really nice pictures, really witty captions, um, that really getting into that social selling that we really that we hear so much about. Um, I, I find Instagram being an excellent way also to build rapport, um, credibility with customers because it also also shows that there is a more human um, human aspect uh, on top of obviously on top of obviously just being 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 a company you can see the yeah the human side of the business I'd say so from my perspective um, I can see from also a recruitment perspective an increase in appetite in in hiring marketing officers and and marketing specialists people that can create and that can grow um, Instagram followers or you know um, Instagram pages they just really relating with their key clients. Um, obviously, you know, we know that marketing and social media is a really important uh, part of, of every business and, and companies are getting well aware of that. Uh, visibility, uh, brand visibility, brand awareness and recognition are, are getting really, really, really important. And this will not only, I suppose, increase um, and generate leads indirectly, but also improves the overall image, uh, builds credibility in the industry, and possibly can also attract good candidates. Yeah, well, when you talk about the social media side and the online presence, there's two companies that I can think of like straight away that 
come to mind. And I think that's probably something that is talking about the, the effort that they've put into their social media and their branding. The, the first one is is Vortex Group of Companies. I'm not sure if you've heard of them before, but Gary Radford, he, he helps manage the marketing side and all that sort of stuff with them. And their branding is unbelievable. And I think that's they're probably going to be one of the forefront leaders in terms of setting standards in the hiring rental industry. The other one is a company called Build With Media Group. And they're more on the uh, marketing agency side. and But they actually started up by taking great photos on construction sites. Uh, and their, their social media is so strong that they're actually getting people wanting to come to their job sites to take photos and they and people want to work there and they've just got this great brand that they've built up and i think it's a really good example when you've got that brand out there that's when you can start attracting really uh, good employees top talent you can get really good customers on board and it just really puts a, a really big step forward for the company in general and funny you mentioned Vortex, they're doing also exceptionally well when it comes to diversity in the workplace. They have a strong female uh, workplace, um, female uh, professionals in, in, in their sales team. So I think they, they're doing fairly well with, with regards to those two, two things that we, we just mentioned. That's great to hear that they're at the forefront of that as well. Now, is there any misconceptions around the recruitment side that you want to maybe challenge or debunk? <laughs> Yes, um, look, there are a few and, uh, you know, as part of my job, what I do, I uh, I do my business development, uh, calling new businesses, obviously, to to let them know that, you know, that what I do and, and try to obviously to see if there's any vacancy I can help with. And um, a lot of like the, it happens a lot. They just get cut off by hiring managers saying we don't use recruiters or we had bad experience with recruiters or recruiters are dodgy. And I, I hear I, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that is, uh, you know, that I can, that I can, that I can hear coming from, uh, from companies. But if there is one myth that I feel I'd like to challenge um, is that uh, recruiters don't add value. So that's another thing that I, that, I, that I heard a lot. And I must admit, there are a lot of inexperienced people out there. A lot of people with no really tenure in the market or um, and, and I understand that some of them have uh, ruined the reputation of recruitment altogether. Um, recruitment is still a sales job. So a lot of uh, companies and a lot of sales managers um, in recruitment are putting really high KPIs um, to, to their recruit, you know, to their consultants like you need to send a certain amount of CVs. You need to make a certain amount of calls. You need to see, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and you can see, um, especially people they knew in the profession, they're really struggling to make this happen organically. And, uh, you know, and maybe they're ringing companies or they're ringing candidates with really no value to, you know, no value to, to add. And I get that. Um, but in saying that, uh, you know, I can also say that this works both ways. I... Uh, Look, I've been used um, a lot of times as a last resort uh, in a really transactional way. Um, business, uh, businesses are chucking out and out on sick and they're not getting the quality they expect. And then, you know, they're calling me or send me an email. Hey, have you got someone? We're looking for a quick fix, which is fair enough. Obviously, recruitment comes with, with a cost and, you know, businesses are trying to, to, to budget and, and, and save money. But um, what I see is very often the recruiter being blamed if the person is not the right fit or if they drop out or they send somebody that is not a good match. 
but have they given the recruiter the time of the day? Um, did they give them a proper job brief, explain how the business work, how the culture is, what type of people they wanna see, uh, what are the challenges that they, they are encountering, what type of personality they fit, and, you know, the, all those sort of information. Um, sure, I can flick a CV and hope it sticks, but what works for a business might not necessarily work for another business, uh, even though they're still in hire. So I feel responsibilities sometimes, you know, has to be shared if we act in, in partnership. Yeah, I think really it's about making sure that people realize that recruitment isn't just one dimensional. It's about building up that partnership and that ongoing relationship where you're trying to help them, not just fulfill a need for just now. And, and I guess the other thought that came to my head just then was, something that I read online was that the first 30 days is the most crucial when you're onboarding a new employee. What are you sort of seeing in terms of like when you work with these higher businesses around how they manage that? Is that, is that something that comes up at all? Look, I, um, how it works is I'm usually not involved after the placement, but obviously as part of my job, I want to make sure that the person is happy in their job and the hiring manager is happy. So I usually uh, reach out uh, after the first week, after the first month, after the second and the third to see how the person is integrating their team. Um, there's some businesses they're doing really well, specifically in the first couple of weeks doing um, machine training. Uh, going through the CRM, showing customers, key clients, um, going through processes and procedures that they're following, um, having other members of their team, taking the, the new person out for lunch or like just really getting them, um, you know, in seeking into the, the, the culture of the business. Um, and I feel that that's probably a better way to onboard somebody that is new. Um, companies, they faced a lot of challenges during COVID, obviously, when, when they had to do this either kind of half remotely, half in person, and um, specifically for salespeople not being able to get in front of their customer. That was that was a big, you know, it was hinting a little bit their capability of uh, getting a feel for the company. But yeah, you're right. The first, you know, the first 90 days are crucial. And usually if uh, we see dropouts, they're usually within the first six weeks. People or, or managers, they you will realize pretty quickly if the company is uh, you know is right for you. Sometimes over interview process, um, some companies overpromise, or you know, or maybe there's stuff that has not uh, ex has not been explained in, in in a in a manner that was that was good for 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 the candidate. So, yeah, I'd say that the first few few weeks are absolutely crucial. Definitely. Now, with all the placements that you've done, I'm sure you've come across some pretty funny stories when you're getting people to interviews and you're trying to get the placements and all that sort of stuff. So do you have any funny stories that you can share around the recruitment side? I, I have quite a few, Mark. I have quite a few, but there is one in particular that I think still cracks me up. Um, it happened probably a couple of years ago. Uh, I'll give you a bit of background. We are in a regional area in uh, up in Queensland. Um, and look, in this industry, I usually don't prepare my candidates in uh, in terms of dress code. Um, I probably wouldn't advise anybody to, to wear, you know, shirt and tie and, and, and suit because clearly, you know, it's, it's, it's a different type of industry. We're not in IT. Um, and so usually chinos and shirts, they, they're sufficient for, for a job interview. So this person that I was representing um, had a second and final interview for a branch manager job. 
which you might, I'm sure you agree, it's a job that has a bit of responsibility, um, managing a team, a branch, operations and stuff. Um, final interview with three people. It was a panel interview. Um, the guy goes on interview uh, and I receive a call from uh, one of uh, the hiring managers. Just literally half an hour later, the guy was supposed to get in, which is not a long time for a branch manager job, just in half an hour. Anyway, this guy, he couldn't stop laughing. He was just like, he called me, he was like, uh, mate, so this guy pretty much rocked up wearing his cycling gear. So he, was he was wearing like a Lycra outfit, apparently pretty, pretty flamboyant colors like pink and yellow. And he didn't, even, he didn't even change his shoes. So he just walked into the branch and almost slipped on his way in. So, I mean, let me tell you, the guy didn't get the job. But then when I called him and I'm like, man, did you, did you rock up to the interview, you know, wearing your, your cycling outfit, Lycra stuff? He, he was like, yeah, mate, I biked there. And I'm like, but <laughs> this shows, like, I can't even explain how, how bad it is in terms of time, like, you know, planning, time management, planning skills, like leadership skills. It was just... You know, some, uh, sometimes there's there's a few things you can't really explain, unfortunately. Well, maybe that might need to be one of the things you add to your checklist now. Don't turn up in your Lycra gear for job interviews. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, look, I like to ask everyone this question. So how do you define success? And what do you think was a defining moment for you? That's a, it, it is a really good question. Um, I think that a defining moment in my career was when I left the global business to essentially join a startup. Um, at the beginning, I was really scared. I wasn't sure of what was going to happen in terms of uh, me actually being able to, to keep doing my job and not having a big brand to back me up not having a marketing team, not having you know, a name to leverage in the industry, no inbound leads, nothing. But you know, I realized you probably don't need all of that to, to be successful in your career. Um, you need solid relationships, that's, that, that's a fact. Um, hire is a, a really relationship-driven industry. People buy from people and they buy from people that they like. And so uh, this is specifically true in, an, in a competitive market like the rental industry and companies they're really doing well are companies they're not relying on cheap prices um, to make a deal, but companies they've got strong, well-networked, uh, well-liked people. Sure, price help helps, don't, don't get me wrong, but I see a lot of loyalty in, in the industry to the point where um, if a good salesperson leaves the company, they generally bring along customers to the new employer. Um, which is good. It's, it's a great thing, but it's also a double-edged sword because uh, it's e also easy to burn bridges in this industry. So you want to make sure, you know, that um, your level of customer service is still, is still very high. And um, in terms of my idea of success, I have to say that that changed dramatically, I think, over this last year. So if you, if you were speaking, Freddie, in January 2020, is a really different person from who I am in December 2020. Um, and like I mentioned before, uh, recruitment is a sales job. And being in sales myself, I used to define success based on my billings. So in every recruitment agency, you've got a whiteboard where um, you've got your team's names and beside that figures. And I 
felt the happiest when I was on top of that of that board and I felt an underachiever when I wasn't. So uh, my definition of success was pretty much based on how much I was billing. Um, don't get me wrong, I still like to, to win and I still like to be at the top of, uh, of that board, but my idea of success is not related only to that. Um, my perception is more than I, I, I wanna have a balanced life, not being tied up to a desk, um, having a job that makes you happy and having activities outside of work that they're making you happy or family or can be friends or can be actual stuff that you enjoy doing. Um, success is for me just looking at yourself in the mirror in the morning and just being content with, with what you have, being grateful for the good people and all the, the things that are surrounding us. Well, that's a great answer. And, and so you mentioned that a lot of things changed in 2020. Like, I, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like it was where you worked? Was it the people you were surrounding yourself with? Was it the customers? Was it maybe COVID? Like what, what played a big influence on that, those changes in, in 2020 in particular? Well, COVID played a big, a really important part. Um, obviously, uh, my my job is highly related to jobs there in the market and vacancies and things. And I, I was going into March with a certain amount of uh, revenue that was supposed to get in. And then all of a sudden I could see, like I had maybe nine or, or 10 orders, all of a sudden one day to another, all put on hold. And the situation wasn't really, it didn't really improve for, for a few months to the point where I was thinking, will I have a job myself? <laughs> because it, it's not looking pretty. Um, but, you know, and so I took that time. I have the feeling I never really stopped and thought about a few things. I was always in a go, go, go type of, of mode and being at home and, and being forced to, to stop and think about where my career was at what things were important and what things were not. I think that was that was another thing that defined, you know, how my idea of success is different these days. Well, it's great that you've also learned a lot about yourself as well. And I think when you talk about it more, it becomes contagious and other people start thinking differently as well. Well, Freddie, that wraps up the episode. I really want to thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast. Thank you for having me, Mark. It was a pleasure. Please like, follow, share the Rental Journal podcast and I hope to see everyone in next week's episode.